Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our welcome to our Romans Bible study, Bible class, uh, whatever you want to call it, every Monday and Thursday morning at a.m. 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, we're just uh, here on a blessed, beautiful uh, Monday morning and just excited to be here with God's Word. Going to have a great session today and uh, just praying that you would grab your Bibles, whether it's laid out in your lap or on your smartphone, whatever, just get the scriptures there if at all possible so you can see what we're talking about today. It's going to be a great session. Today we're in Romans chapter 10 and we will begin in verse 10. This is part 7 on this fourth day of May 2020. And uh, we just had a great worship service yesterday, our first uh, service back together uh, with uh, everyone that could be here. And we're just so thankful for our people being so faithful, um, just reflecting God's faithfulness throughout these last six, seven weeks of this noisome pestilence in the land. And, and uh, we're just trying to, uh, get, uh, as, as a pastor, trying to get our, our, our people more focused on the Word of God, the, the Spirit of God's leading, and not so much on everything that's going on in the world. The world had its issues before we got here. They all have its issues after we're gone. Our mission is to allow Christ to change us, and the more we allow Him to change us, because He doesn't just do it, the more we learn how He changes us, the avenue through which he does what he does and we allow him to change us then the more we can express him and my friends that is why you are here and we it's not just the, the number one mission is not to save the lost praise God for every lost person that gets saved but the number one mission is your relationship and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ that's what you were called unto and so in the process of that allowing him to change you everything else takes place, falls into place, praise God. So uh, again, we're excited to be in Romans chapter 10. Just uh, most of you know that we have a YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. I have a Curtis Hutchinson Facebook page, and of course, the one we always do our live services and these teachings on, past the Pastor Curtis Facebook page. But we also have a, uh, an app uh, or we have a channel on an app on your smartphones. That app is called Spreaker, not Speaker, but Spreaker. And our channel is for those who have ears to hear, or you can just type my name in. And if you like it, follow it, have whatever you have to do. Every time uh, that I broadcast, which now I'm even doing the Every teaching, every preaching session, whether I'm here or in another state or wherever I may be, I'm doing it live audio on that Spreaker app. And you will get an alert uh, to be able just to wherever you might be, uh, click, make one or two clicks, and there you'll be able to listen uh, in the midst of whatever you're doing to that teaching or that worship service or, or, or that preaching session, whatever it might be. So... I just wanted to share that with you. There are many avenues through which you can uh, get the teaching and preaching ministry of Crossway Church, and I'm thankful. Uh, I'm, I'm very thankful more and more each and every day to know the truth of the Word of God, not just to know Scripture and know where Scriptures are and know which Scriptures refer to all these situations that we have, but what Scripture means. 
and, and really the truth of God's Word is what the Holy Spirit is able to paint on our hearts with that paintbrush of the blood of Jesus. And we must see all Scripture through that light. If we don't, we're not seeing them in the light that the Lord walks in. Hallelujah. So today, uh, since these sessions are only a half hour and they go by very fast, let's go ahead and get started and ask the Lord to give us the daily bread that we need today, the wisdom, the strength, the edification, the encouragement, the comfort that comes from the Scriptures. He will bless us today if we come to Him with ears that hear. That hear. We, we don't bring anything to the Lord except uh, a broken and contrite heart and spirit and a willing mind. Teach me, Lord. Teach me your way. Uh, and, and, and don't let me waste a session uh, all distracted uh, of things, family issues, m money issues, work-related issues. Don't let me waste a half hour of Bible study because the rest of the day, I've got to think about everything. But right now, right now, I, I want to set my mind, my focus on you in, in, in a more intense way than even I will the rest of the day in the Bible study that you are going to give me what I need during this 30-minute session because I'm going, to, I'm going to be required to live by every word that proceeds out of your mouth, Lord. So I believe he's going to do that for us today in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in chapter 10 of Romans, uh, 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 verse 10 of Romans chapter 10, I'm a little still groggy-eyed this morning, I guess, but Romans chapter 10, verse 10, you're going to see a little something, hear a little something special today. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And let me make a comment about that. Uh, it's something that you know people will not disagree with. This this has been part of uh, used as part of the the so-called Romans road to salvation, and rightly so. And I'm, I thank God. Uh, just for my salvation and the salvation of all those that belong to Him. Uh, but what we have done with this scripture, we have limited it to the born-again experience. And we're, we're, just, we're just now beginning to step into one of the greatest illuminations, revelations, if you will, of God's Word for the Christian you will ever step into in that all these scriptures we've used for just our initial born-again experience, uh, they're, they're far surpassed, they're for every day, such as this one. With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, when you believed with the heart unto righteousness, which means you believed with the heart, unto the righteous work Jesus provided for you in his death for your sins at Calvary, that's, that's what God here calls you and I believing unto righteousness, pointing to Christ and his work at Calvary. Isaiah 32, 17. I've been saying it for the last several sessions. Don't get away from it. It's very powerful. The work of righteousness is peace. Isaiah 32, 17. The work of righteousness is peace. It's not talking about what you do. It's talking about what he did. The, the result of his work of righteousness is peace 
And the effect of it is quietness and assurance. You don't get peace. You don't get quietness and assurance based on what you do. You get that through your hearts believing unto his righteous work. And when, listen, when, when, when he, when you believed with the heart unto righteousness, that first time, faith came. Think about that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now get this. You were believing unto righteousness and faith came. That measure of faith. Go look it up after the session, Romans 12, 3. That you and I can think soberly now according to that measure of faith we've received. And Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1 and 1 that we've obtained like precious faith, that measure of faith, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So faith came, hear me today, please hear me, faith only comes when we hear God's word in its righteous context. That means through our faith in the cross of Christ. If our faith has been moved from the work the righteous work of Christ at Calvary, you may memorize scripture. We may quote it and, and put on a show like we, man, we can quote half the Bible and people just applaud and go crazy. Have you ever noticed that? That a preacher can be preaching, but all of a sudden he'll just break out and just quote like six or seven verses in a row and the people of God will just applaud that. Like, like his demonstration of being able to quote scripture and praise God for that. That does uh, encourage us, hopefully, for us to go and learn and memorize, but mostly learn what scripture's really about. So I want you to get this today. You've got to get this is where the Lord, this is what he's saying. This is how he's trying to wake his church up. This is the direction. The first time you believed under righteousness, you were given the measure of faith. Faith came by you hearing and hearing God's word in its righteous context. That's right. You obtained the faith you've been given through the righteousness of God. Write it down. I'll tell you again, 2 Peter 1 and 1. The, the, the measure of faith we have, we, we obtained it when we believed unto Christ's righteous work. So the only way that measure of faith works is when it stays in what it was in when we received that measure of faith. Never forget that. When you, start, when you move, when I, whoever moves their faith from the very death, the work of Christ at Calvary to something, these fads that have in, infiltrated the church, these, these men unawares that crept in all among us, uh, Jude talked about, who've turned the grace of God into that which it is not. Uh, when, because when you're believing this works and that works, you're telling God, you're not believing with the heart anymore. Your lips may be saying God this and God that, but your heart is no longer believing under righteousness anymore. Now, you're, you're absolutely correct. All God's words are in righteousness. Write it down, Proverbs 8 and 8. I know some of you heard it a hundred times and you're saying, I wish he'd move on. I'm not moving on. And if that's your attitude, you don't have it yet because when you heard it, if you have it, joy would strike your heart. You would be excited that you know this, hallelujah, that all of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and all His righteousness is revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17, from faith 
to faith. Faith that comes by hearing the word in the context of the gospel which shows us righteousness that we might be led in that path. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're not just trying to be some Bible scholar or make a name or leave some legacy about yourself. Listen, our lives are not to be about ourselves. We're not our own. We've been bought with the blood and we're to preach the blood. We're to show forth the life that's come uh, to us because of the blood. With this measure of faith we've been given because the blood. We ought to be giving praises on the earth today for the same reason they're praising in heaven right now. Praising the Lamb for the blood He shed. Hallelujah. Our whole lives are to be wrapped up in Jesus, preaching Jesus, singing Jesus, sharing Jesus, living Jesus. For me to live is who? Christ. Hallelujah. Not my church. For me to live is Christ. Hallelujah. So this scripture's been used really forever in the initial born-again experience. But when now God's trying to teach you that for you to be able to continue to walk by faith, listen, it's that measure of faith, that portion, it's what a measure is, a portion of the faith of the Son of God that loved you and gave himself for you. And Paul the Apostle in Galatians 2.20 wrote that that is the faith we're living by. That is the faith that our portion, our measure was taken from, the faith of Jesus Christ. And and it is talking about His faith, what He did by faith. He loved us and He gave Himself for us. That is powerful. This is very powerful. So every word in the Bible must be seen, not because we're saved by the blood, but it must be seen in the context of the blood, how it relates to Christ and what He did at Calvary if faith will come. And make no mistake about it, you can can start today contending for the faith or you can keep in in the journey the church has been on for centuries where they've just been pretending they had faith and and, and calling this kind of something faith and that kind of something and using all these schemes that infiltrate the church. Uh, uh, Men bringing these schemes and wiles of the enemy. Uh, And it is not just our flesh, it's the devil behind it. Doctrines, teachings of devil, us being seduced as what the church has been for Oh, centuries. And we've not known these things, but you don't have an excuse any longer if you're listening to this ministry. And every time you God presents truth to you, don't matter who it's from, you're going to be now required to walk in that God is offering you. And when you reject it, you're going, to, you're going to experience the resistance of God in a greater way than ever before when, when He gives you that which you need and you're resisting Him. You see, God's not resisting anybody that's not resisting Him. Hallelujah. That's, a, that's something to remember, isn't it? Isn't it? See, pride resists God. Pride it, it says, I don't need the cross now. Pride says, well, these are things that God has given men for us to be able to use and grow. No, they're not. The gospel. The Bible says that that we are in Christ because we were immersed into Him in His death, Romans 6, 3. Colossians 2, 6 says, just like you received Him, you're to walk in Him. So ever, this, is, this is radical, but it's biblical. 
can't be refuted. Every born-again Christian who's moved their faith from the cross, and they have if they're teaching these other false things that God will use to strengthen and God will use to build and God will use to grow and God will use to deliver. No, He won't. That's a heart telling God the cross wasn't enough. And God won't honor that. And in that is pride resisting resisting the truth of God's Word, which is the righteousness of God word, God's Word, which is ultimately resisting uh, the cross in our lives today because we say in our hearts we don't need that anymore. We're past that. Now we've got this. And just like the Israelites that came out of Egypt, they said we don't need that anymore. Now we've got this that we've built. And so, and let me remind you this morning, one out of the 12 tribes came out from among them when Moses asked, who's on the Lord's side? And let me also remind you this morning, you ought to be shouting for joy because the message of the cross coming back in the church starting 23 years ago, not talking about for initial salvation. I'm talking about for how we, as it relates to how we live in victory, how sin no longer dominates us, how we don't have to uh, put on a show in, in a a cursing fit to show somebody we're really men and, and all these other false attitudes. We, we do not have to live any longer under the dominion of sin. Sin will be present until you're with Jesus but the Bible says in Romans 6 14 that sin shall not have dominion over you. Not when you get to heaven. Of course it will nobody. But now because you're no longer under law but under grace. Hallelujah. Grace is what God does. It began when you accepted what God did in Christ at Calvary and as long as that were, that's where your faith remains and you'll have to fight to keep it there, my friend. You will have to fight to keep it there. And if it remains there, then you can walk in Him and what God did in Christ at Calvary, that finished work will begin to be worked into and through your life. Now that's good news. Hallelujah. Now it's the prideful that says, no, 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 there's much more than that. That's what the devil's telling you you have to believe. That's a seducing spirit. That's a teaching of the devil that says that righteous work is not enough. It also takes you. No, it takes the Holy Spirit in and through you, which He can only legally work in and through you if your faith remains in the legal work of Christ at Calvary. Uh, the Lord relates uh, the way of righteousness, which is the way of the cross, to the holy commandment of God. Think about what Peter said, and this has been coming out a lot in my teaching and it's very important. Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, that it's better that you never ever knew of the way of righteousness than to have known it. And the word know there means experiential partaking of. Not heard about it and then turned... No. Better that you never knew it and then turned away from the holy commandment. He relates the way of righteousness with the holy commandment commandment. Now I want you to think about that. Write it down. Make a note. Go look at it uh, after we're done. Uh, you'll be amazed at what the Lord show you. The holy commandment is what Jesus had the holy commandment to come and lay his life down for the sins of humanity. 
And that's why Paul told the church in Galatia, who's bewitched you that you no longer are obeying the truth? Our obedience in the eyes of God is only seen when our faith is in Jesus and what He did at Calvary for that's the obedient work, that's the righteous work, that's the work of humility. You, you and I don't even have any humility that God will recognize unless it's our believing unto the righteous work of Christ. We humble ourselves and we know it's true humility that God gives grace to if our, if our faith is in Christ and what He did at Calvary. Humility outside of, of surrendering to the work of righteousness is not humility God will give grace to. It, 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 it's just a, a self-formed show religious work of, of some tears or whatever that God won't honor. God honors when the heart believes unto righteousness and that's the work of Christ. Now watch this in verse 11. For the scripture says, and when you see the word for at the beginning of a Bible verse, it means because. So let's back up and read verse 10, roll right into verse 11. Watch what happens. Because with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, because the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Now, him is verse 9 describing that and if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That's who you have to confess, the Lord Jesus. The Lord. Jesus is Lord to nobody except through the cross. He's the God of all creation. He's creator. And all he, He's the creator of all things. He will have redeemed all that are redeemed and He will judge all things. And we need to remember that, but remember as we read through this, it's confessing with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. You have to believe Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day, my friend. If you don't, then you don't believe what He did at Calvary was effective. And the proof that it was effective is that He was raised from the dead. You know, you're not saved by the resurrection. You're saved by the blood of Jesus. The, 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 Jesus didn't take the power of death away from the devil through his resurrection. He took it away from him through his death on the cross. The power of God is the preaching of the cross, the death of Jesus. Hallelujah. The death of Jesus was the climax of what Jesus came to do, the climax of his life. Think about that. Hebrews 2.14 tells you that, that Jesus through his own death took the power of death away from the devil. So watch this now in verse 11. Because the scripture says, whoso believes on him shall not be ashamed. That means put to shame. That don't mean men won't treat you like you ought to be ashamed by believing in some God. I watched a, a little special last night about uh, uh, some uh, scientist or arch whatever they are, geologist or whatever, trying to prove that, uh, really trying to prove that God don't exist and the Bible's not true because it's no way possible for a man and his three sons to build a, a boat as big as the ark was. Well, I got news for you. If you're trying to figure it out, you, you're going to end up in hell before you realize it's too late and that there was an ark. And, and listen, it all was a typology symbolic of Jesus 
Jesus coming, the Son of God, to rescue us as our ark. <laughs> Listen, it's just so ridiculous. God don't show you and you believe. You believe and then God shows you. Listen, you didn't receive the measure of faith until you believed unto the work of righteousness. Hallelujah, that Jesus worked for you at Calvary. In verse 12, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek which means the Gentile, the rest of the world, because the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Listen, the same Lord. Jesus became our Lord when we believed upon him and his work done for us at the cross. That's what reconciled us back to God. Not any good thing I've done. I can't do a good thing. Listen to me this morning. Do you understand that in the Garden of Eden, Adam, the first Adam, had life without sin, perfection, the goodness of God's creation, God's prized possession, man created in his own image, and he was without sin. But the wages of sin would be death if Adam sinned, and Adam and Eve sinned, and they paid the price of death, condemnation, fear, and shame. They were paying the price. Jesus, the Lord, showed up, gave them the promise of a Redeemer, showed them how He would come through an innocent sacrifice that they wouldn't pay the price unless they rejected the price God would pay and then they could go ahead and pay the price. There are two prices for, for sin, life and death. Well, really, just one price, one wage for sin. Make sure I get it right this morning. There's only one wage for sin. But what I meant to say is there's two, there's two different avenues we get to choose from as far as how, is it, how the, that wage gets carried out. If I accept the last Adam who came and offered his life without sin so that I could be free from my sin, he offered... Listen... It had to be a life without sin. A dead man can't pay anything. He's dead. And all of humanity is born into this world dead in sin. You, a dead man can't make a payment on anything. Only a life without death, a life without sin, a life that was perfect like the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the only one that could pay the payment. We were all already paying the payment in condemnation, fear, and shame. That's why the folks under the old covenant couldn't even go to heaven when they died. They were held in a holding place called Abraham's bosom or paradise. Listen, because the wages of sin is death. And sometimes we forget the word death simply means separation. But also in that word death and separation, there's fear, condemnation, shame, guilt, oppression, depression. And if I choose to, if I'm just determined I'm not accepting Christ, then I have to pay the price for sin. But the last Adam, the one who was perfect, again, the last Adam, without sin, came and was the only one that could make the payment for my sin. 
You know, I've heard false prophets and, and horrible false ministers say that if they would have had the knowledge that Jesus had, they could have just as easily been the Messiah. No, they couldn't have. If you were born of a man and a woman, if you were in the reproduction of a man and a woman, that means you were conceived in sin as a sinner, not the act they performed being a sin, but just you conceived in sin because the whole human race is dead in their trespasses and sin. And a dead man can't pay for anything. I'm saying it again. Only the one who is without sin can make the payment. That's good stuff. Praise God. So Jesus made the payment. For there is no difference. Now let's say something about verse 12. We're getting close to running out of time. Who would ever thought it? There is no difference between the way the Jews get saved and the Gentiles get saved. There's no difference. I know there are ministers today. I won't call the names, but there are ministers on television that a lot of people even listen to these certain ministers. But when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, and you know probably who they are. They're the ones that's more focused on Israel. Think about it. Who do you know is a minister on television that's more focused on Israel than they are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? And we are to pray for Israel. We are to be a blessing to Israel. Don't get me wrong. But our, most of our focus does not go to Israel. It goes to the church. Just read your Bible. You'll see that in the New Testament. Uh, but just at, who, who ministers out there that are more focused, write books all the time about Israel instead of this new covenant, this new covenant. And, and they even teach that there's a different way they're going to be saved. No, there's not. That's a false teaching. That's a doc. It's not just the flesh. Anything that's heresy, a, a work of the flesh is, is backed by a seducing spirit. False doctrine is backed by a seducing spirit because it is a teaching of devils. Now, I want you to get that. Until you step into the truth of God's Word, even though you may call it flesh, you may call it ignorance, and both those it is, but it's backed by seducing spirits. That which is false is always backed by a seducing spirit, a teaching that's devilish. Okay? What you think about it? There's only one way to be saved, and that's through faith in the Son, Jesus Christ, that God sent to take away the sin of the world. That's it. For the Jews, for the Gentiles. Be sure and watch yesterday's uh, uh, preaching session here at Crossway Church if you missed it because we, we ministered in Luke 15 about the prodigal sons, plural, not just the one we've been focused on for centuries that got his inheritance and went out and wasted it, but the son who also never went out and left home and wasted his but stayed right there and wasted his self, in self-righteousness. Think about that. That whole parable is really mainly about the son who left home, never, never left, the son who never left home. Oh, yes, it's about the other two and the mercies of God welcoming back those who do venture off from the way of righteousness yet come back to it. Praise God. Hallelujah. We repent and get back up and, and, and are brought back to the way of righteousness. We don't forsake it and throw it out. But mainly, and we know this because who Jesus is talking to in the parables, he's talking to these publicans who thought it was ridiculous that he was eating with sinners, fellowshipping with sinners, that he actually would come to save sinners who'd been wayward without God for many years, centuries. And so the, the, the main 
point in that story is to them, how they were the son, Israel, who had always had God, the patriarchs given to them, the law given to them, the blessings, the promises, the land. Uh, but here, here's the, the main point and power of that story. It's not what you've got. It's what you're doing with what you have. It's not what you have. It's what you're doing with what you have. Every Christian has been given the measure of faith. What are you doing with that measure of faith? It's been a good session today. Uh, we'll take back up Thursday morning right here in my office at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Be sure and share this so others can get involved and learn the Word of God as it is written as truth in its righteous context. And you will grow like a, like a, a, a wheat plant. You will grow and learn the wonderful truths of God's Word if you have a heart to. Uh, so until then, don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to sow into the ministry. You can give on our website at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text it on your phone right now at 903-231-5950. Until next time, God bless you. We love you. And stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.